We're going to start the book of Galatians this morning. I am always so excited to return to one of the letters. So, you know, the Bible is made up of a bunch of books and a bunch of different kinds of books. There's history books and wisdom books and prophecy books and gospels. And then there's letters. And this is one of those. This is one of those letters. And this morning, we're just going to read the greeting, the first five verses, just the greeting. Now, I want you to think about this greeting like a notification. So if you have a smartphone, you're familiar with notifications. Call them push notifications, or you can think of those little red dots that you see on your screen when you open it that you have unread messages, or someone wants to buy that thing you're selling, or this update needs to be installed, or whatever it is. Our devices are always poking us and nudging us and trying to get our attention, trying to get us to open things up and pay attention to them. I read somewhere that the average smartphone user gets around 50 notifications a day. And we have to sort through all that every day, what's important, what's not important. Most of those are not important. Most of those are generated by machines, not human beings, machines that have been programmed to grab and hang on to your attention so that the owners of those programs can make money from advertisers. So most of the time, we're just sort of being manipulated by our devices to look at them from all these notifications, and they're not actually important. But what we have in front of us this morning is important. This is a notification we need to respond to. This is a little red dot in our laps right now notifying us that someone wants to talk to us. We have an unread message here, and it is very, very important. So we're going to open it up and we're going to read it. The first thing we're going to see in verses one and the beginning of verse two is that this notification is from someone important. A lot of the notifications we get are not from important people. If they're from people at all, they're not important for us to pay attention to in the moment. This notification is from someone important. Let's read these opening verses. Paul, an apostle not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. And we'll stop right there. This is how these ancient letters began. They Usually we begin letters with dear such and such. These ancient letters begin with who it's coming from, which makes sense. You don't want to wait in suspense to the end of the letter to find out who wrote it and who's talking to you. He starts off with who it's from. It's from Paul, an apostle. Now, we're used to filtering out our notifications because we have to. We will be notified to death if we treat every notification as equally important. They're not equally important. So some we ignore or some we put off until later and some we respond to right away. When my phone rings and I look down and it says potential spam, I do not treat that call with the same level of importance and urgency as I do if I look down and it says Meredith Broadway. When it's Meredith, I'll answer most of the time. When it's potential spam, I never answer. And then everywhere in between that, there's degrees of urgency and importance. And we, we're naturally trained now how to navigate that. We need to see this as the very most important notification that we will receive this week. There, it's not digital, there is no glowing red light. It's ancient words in a book, but it is the most important message that we are going to receive this week. 
through any of our devices. This is not potential spam. This is not going to be a message from me. It's not even going to be a message from Paul. Paul introduces himself as an apostle. That means someone who is sent, a sent one, basically just a messenger, almost an errand boy, just sent with a message to hand to the recipients. That's how Paul views himself and wants the Galatian Christians and us to view him. So this message isn't even from the apostle Paul, it's from someone even more important than that. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man. So while we are being distracted by notifications that aren't even from men, they're not even from human beings, they're from programs and algorithms, Paul is saying, I'm not even bringing a message one level up from that in importance. This isn't even from man. This is from God himself. He says, I'm an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Now, on paper, this seems like it should be really gripping. A message from Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, it seems like that would be the most exciting thing we could possibly imagine. And that we would all be inched forwards on the edge of our seat. And we would all have our Bibles close to our face and we'd be wondering, what is it, God, the God of the universe and Jesus Christ has a message for me. But you may find, like I find, like, like many people who've grown up in church or been Christians for a long time, it actually doesn't feel that exciting, often. Now, maybe you are really excited, and I don't want to dampen that at all, and that's awesome, but often we find when we're sitting in church or outside of a church like this, we open God's Word, we believe it's God's Word, we, we understand that it's a message from God inspired through the Holy Spirit through an apostle like Paul, but it doesn't grip our attention like it really should if we think about it. Now just imagine for a minute that Bibles didn't exist. That, that Bible in your hand or app on your phone that has the scripture there doesn't exist, never existed. And somehow you found out that God had a message specifically for you. And it was buried 10 feet down in the earth. It's in your yard actually but it's buried 10 feet down. Now, if you, you had never heard from God, you had never heard a message from God, you'd, he'd never spoken to you before, and now you realize he has a, a message tailored for me and is buried in my yard, you would have a shovel in your hand so fast. Doesn't matter what age you are, you would be out there trying to get down to that message from God. Or imagine that you found out that God had a message for you but it's located on the top of Mount Everest. Now, you don't know how to get to the top of Mount Everest. You've never had any ambition to climb Mount Everest, but I guarantee you would be Googling, how do you get to the top of Mount Everest? Who do I hire to either get me up there or get that message for me? Because God has a message for me. And yet, here we have it in our laps. So easy, no obstacles. If we, had, if we had never received a message from God and we thought we had an opportunity to, no obstacle would stop us. At the very least, we would work until our hands were blistered and we were running out of oxygen and we were exhausted and we had exhausted all the help we could find to help us get to that message. 
And I think we have become so used to the accessibility of it that we've kind of just forgotten how incredible it is that God himself speaks to us through this book. Somehow we've got to recapture that. Why is it often so difficult for Christians to desire God's word? To, to wake up Sunday morning somersaulting out of bed because we're going to go and be together with our fellow Christians hearing from God himself. Why doesn't that happen more often? Why do we not walk through our day instead of like this, with our phones like this, glued to these pages if we really do believe that this is God's word to us? I think there's a lot of factors, but the one I want to focus on right now is that I think part of the reason we struggle Sometimes, some of us, to varying degrees, more than others, struggle to connect with God's word as God's word is because it's dangerous to do so. And we have an enemy that desperately does not want us to do so. There is real opposition for us to do what we're trying to do here this morning and what we will be trying to do every Sunday morning as we open up the book of Galatians. There's Satan who desperately does not want us to hear God's voice in his word and grow as Christians. And so he tempts us with everything under the sun to distract us from it and pull us away from it. There's the world, which is under his designing control. It is all designed to program us to where this is incompatible with our taste buds now. And then there's our own flesh, which is that part of us that's just susceptible to all these things, that falls for it. I think we come to the Bible often like kids go to the refrigerator. Have you ever had your kid, or maybe yourself even, we won't even blame it on kids, but go to the refrigerator and open it up and there's fruits and vegetables and healthy leftovers from last night's meal and slam it and say, there's nothing to eat. It's not that there's actually nothing to eat, it's that there's nothing that is sweet, nothing that is immediately appealing. All this is gonna take, I'm gonna have to peel that, I'm gonna have to microwave that. I just want some instant sugar. The world, Satan, our flesh has programmed us spiritually to be the exact same way. And so we open up this refrigerator, uh, messages from God, ways to be holy, his glory. There's nothing to eat in here. What we really want is our apps and our smartphones and our Netflix, because that's the, sh the spiritual sugar. It just gives us a, a little distraction, a little bit of shallow satisfaction, gets us through another day. But in Jesus Christ, we are victorious over all of these forces that conspire to keep us from connecting with God through his word. In Jesus Christ, Satan is already defeated the world has already been overcome and our flesh has already been crucified. We just have to remember that that's the case and live like that. So we're going to fight together this fall, even this morning, even this week, we're going to fight to listen to God through his word in the book of Galatians. And I know that we can do it because God has promised that we can do it. He's given us the Holy Spirit to enable us to do it. We have divine enabling strength to do this. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to feel natural. What that is good for us ever feels 
natural. If we only did what felt natural, I would still be in bed and you'd be here looking at the woods. We use an alarm clock because getting up at the time we know we need to get up is, is unnatural to us. We go to the gym and make our bodies work beyond what they want to do because we know to be as healthy as we need to be, we have to do what does not come naturally. We have to fight it in every area. And for some reason, even we Christians are willing to fight in every area of our life, but our relationship with God very often. There are people who will work harder to earn a dollar than they will to hear from the God of the universe in his word, but not us. That's not going to be us. We're going to hear from God in the book of Galatians this fall. We're going to open up this notification because we see already in the very beginning that this is from someone important. This is from someone very important. But not only that, we're not just going to open it because of who it's from. We're going to open it because of who it is to. This notification is for us. This isn't a notification for someone else. It is for us. It is for you and me. Look at the end of verse 2. He's done explaining who it's coming from. Then at the end of verse 2, who the letter is to says, to the churches of Galatia. Now, I know right off the bat, that doesn't sound like it actually is for us. It sounds like it's for the churches of Galatia. We're not in Galatia. Where is Galatia? When is Galatia? We're right here. But it is for us. And let me explain. First note that it is to churches, plural. So right off the bat, this letter was not meant for one specific church. It was meant for multiple churches. So we know it's a little bit general already. Now, understanding how the epistles, the, the letters work in scripture, we know that they are all meant to build the foundation for the church with a capital C. And that covers all churches around the whole world and throughout all time, including Doolin's Grove Church. So just by virtue of the way scripture works, we know that this is a letter also for our church, which means it's for us. And then third, the same Holy Spirit that inspired Paul to write this letter lives within us and enables us to receive this letter. So while it was written in the past, it is transmitted in the present live by the Holy Spirit as we read it and study it and respond to it together. So it is absolutely for us. And I promise you, if you will apply yourself to trying to understand it and submitting to what you understand in it and listening for God's voice in it, you will hear him speak to you. Now, it's not going to be a booming, audible voice from heaven. He could do that if he wanted to, but he has chosen to work through his word. But you will hear him speak to you. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's what does keep you coming back to scripture. That's what does keep you coming back to church to hear sermons and to listen to additional sermons on podcasts. And that's what does keep you coming back. It's not because you're an academic and you love studying ancient texts. You don't study Shakespeare the way you study the scripture. It's because you've experienced God speaking to you through it. Now, some of you perhaps have not experienced that, but Lord willing, you will, as we all apply ourselves to God's word together. And it's really important that we do because of who it's from is from someone important, God himself, because of who it's to is to us. 
And then lastly, because of what's in it is a notification that offers grace and peace. Grace and peace. Let's read verses three through five. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So the notification on our laps right now says God wants to give you grace and peace. God wants to give you, through this word of his, grace and peace. Grace is the idea of favor. Grace is God being for you, leaning toward you with blessings that you don't deserve. It's not just that you haven't earned it yet, it's that you couldn't possibly earn it. It's not just beyond what we deserve, it's in spite of what we deserve. God wants to extend to you his love and his kindness and his blessings through the text of this book. Peace is the idea of wholeness, things being joined together the way they're supposed to be. The scriptural idea of peace points to our relationship with God being made whole, our relationship with ourselves being made whole, and our relationships with other people being made whole. And this is what God is offering to us in the book of Galatians. Grace, his favor and blessings, and peace. All your relationships being put back together the way they're supposed to be. You and God, you and yourself, you and the people around you made right. And the tranquility that comes from that. Now, what issue in your life would not be greatly helped by receiving some fresh grace and peace from God. From receiving his blessings in spite of what we deserve and from seeing him heal and continue to make whole your relationship with him and yourself and the people around you. We need grace and peace the same way we need those fruits and vegetables in our refrigerator. We need this grace and peace. Some of us perhaps are running ragged because they have not been in the scripture for so long and they've been trying to do it under their own strength and their relationship with God is fraying. Their relationship within themselves just psychologically is fraying. Their relationships with other people are fraying. And God says, I love you. Come and listen to me here in this book. I want to give you grace and I want to give you peace. So how do we get grace and peace? What this greeting explains is that the basis for grace and peace is Christianity itself. These verses probably formed an ancient confession of faith, something that the church would have repeated often, maybe in song in different ways, to continually reinforce what is true about Jesus Christ. So let me read it again. The basis for grace and peace for us. It comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. So there's one point to refresh our memory, to to sharpen up in our minds and in our hearts. Jesus gave himself. He was not defeated on the cross. He went willingly and on purpose. 
He gave himself for our sins to deliver us, to deliver us. That word is always used throughout scripture in connection with forgiveness from our sins. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us. So we are freed from our sins, no longer enslaved to our sins and no longer condemned by our sins, fully forgiven. All your sins from the past, the present and the future covered by what Jesus did on the cross. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. So what he did on the cross enabled us to be forgiven of our sins and to be delivered from this present evil age. In other words, we're not enslaved to this world any longer. We're not creatures of this world. We're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of God's kingdom, freed from this world. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. So all this that Jesus did in giving himself was the culmination of God's plan in order to create for himself a people reconciled to him and each other. We're a part of that. And that's the basis for the grace and peace that we long for. And that's how it is made available to us. We deserve death because of our sins, but God in his mercy gave us forgiveness instead. And not only that, he graciously gave us a reconciled relationship with himself in which we can call him father and he loves us and we're his children. This reconciliation is our peace. We're made right with God. And so we become more right with ourselves and those around us. We grow accustomed to this new life. We figure out how to live this way by reading and receiving and responding to God's word. That's the process. Remember Romans 12 said, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. As we apply ourselves to this word and we let God apply it to us, we're being transformed by the renewal of our minds, able to live in God's grace and peace. And it's, it's growth, just like children grow. We grow in it over time and we will grow in it as we study this book. God created the universe with his words, he said, let it be. And then it was. He creates new life, us new life in us with his words as well. So this isn't just information. It's transformation. When we read the Bible, it's not just information. It's transformation. God, through his word, is accomplishing in us what he is speaking. So we don't just walk away knowing a little bit more. We walk away changed. We are not going to just learn about grace and peace as we study Galatians. We are going to receive grace and peace as we study Galatians. God will bless us through it and he will make our relationships whole as we respond to it. So we've been so notified now. This notification comes from someone important. This notification is for us. This notification offers grace and peace. And we close with a question. How will you respond? How will you respond to the scripture that we've seen just now this morning? Don't walk away back into another week as usual. Walk away determined 
to live in God's grace and peace by receiving his word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for making a way for us to receive your grace and peace through Jesus Christ and to grow in the lifestyle of living in light of that by giving us your word. Father, we dedicate ourselves to it. We submit ourselves to it. We're excited to see how you will bless us and how you will make our relationships whole and bring us peace. We pray against our enemy and this world and our own flesh that would prevent us from fully giving our attention to your word. And would you please help us? Please do bless us. And I pray over all these people here and anybody uh, participating in the sermon through Facebook Live that even right now through Jesus Christ, you would bless each one with grace and peace. In Jesus' name, amen.